Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Joker once and that's it. And it's not even daily. Sorry, I cut you off. One day it'll become daily once more. Um, My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. Uh, And my name is Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And today we are having a conversation about Joker. Um, Yeah, it's got spoilers in it, though. So if you haven't seen it or don't care about I just contradicted myself. If you haven't seen it and you care about spoilers, don't listen. Turn it off now. Hold for applause. And if you're still listening, then you either have already seen it or don't care about spoilers because we're going to tell you pretty much all of our general thoughts. Yeah, we're going to be talking about, uh, we just, both of us just saw the movie. Um, and it's a, it's a film that we've been anticipating, um, maybe not for the better or worse. It's just a movie that everyone has been anticipating for a very long time. We've been talking about films within the DC cinematic universe for a while now. And this is the, I don't want to say it's the first one because, uh, Hell's Kitchen that came out not too long ago. Um, or no, The Kitchen, um, which didn't do so well in the box office, but many people didn't know it was a DC film, and it's not the type of thing that um, the casual general audience is going to go see as and, and say, like, normally when a comic book movie comes out, people are seeing it because it is a comic book movie. Um, the Kitchen didn't do so hot, um, and we didn't see it, so we didn't really talk about it, but besides that, the next film that is not tied to the... DC's uh, shared cinematic universe is Joker. It's uh, directed and written by Todd Phillips. Um, and I think Scott Silver is the other one that wrote the the script. Um, and yeah, Scott Silver and everyone's been anticipating this movie. Everyone's been, um, it could just be because the Joker is just always going to be part of pop culture. It's the villain people talk most about and Everyone's always excited about who's going to be portraying the Joker in cinema as if it's like an honorable thing to do. Like it's a grand showcase of, because Heath Ledger had his performance. So it's been a, it's been a very big anticipated film for a very long time. And um, the film is here now. It's out in theaters. And just like Nate and I predicted, there was going to be some controversy about this film. It's going to be a pretty problematic film, I guess, for some people. And Nate, you and I had the honor, the privilege to read the script back in April. Um, uh, someone was you know, very kind enough to be like, hey, I have a script if you would like to read it. And we said, absolutely, we'd love to get our hands on that. And so mm-hmm. today, as we talk about this movie that we finally saw, maybe about six months after we've read the script, we're going to be talking about some uh, some things that were different from the script to the film uh, the overall quality of the film, you know, like things about pacing, cinematography, actor portrayals, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and even talk about our movie going experience. Um, we're going to get into some Batman related content and start talking about the Joker more as we saw him in the film. How is he kind of how does that um, impress us as comic book fans and. The overall overall takeaway of the film, you know, is is it a truly problematic film? Is the controversy valid? Stuff like that. Um, So we're going to be having a bit of a very in-depth conversation. Um, It could get, you know, probably a little political and it should be. It's uh, it's uh, it's an I would say a very 
artsy art house take of a comic book film or comic book adaptation so it kind of merits that kind of response so to get things started nate um mm-hmm. how is your um how is your movie going experience of seeing joker at you know your expectations anticipations how was it uh what was it like experience joker in theaters <laughs> um it was it's hard to say you said that we at the top of the show that you know it's one of the more anticipated films coming out of this year and from when the buzz started around it, you know, with its announcement and everything like that. Um, so, like, that kind of transferred over to me today. I saw my movie at 4.45 p.m. Uh, it is now 8.59 p.m. that same day, so we're just coming out of it pretty much. Um, saw it at 4.45. Um, not that many people in the theater. I was really enjoying the emptiness of it. Mm-hmm. And trying to figure out the types of people that would be in that theater on opening weekend at 4.45 p.m. on a Friday. Um, and you know what, Mark? They were pretty much all uh, like me. <laughs> what do you One mean, guy, like you? I went Just in, so I'm a... You saw uh, an IMAX, didn't you? I saw it on IMAX 2D, yeah, accidentally. I didn't think. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I was just, like, thinking, like, ah, Mark wants to do a show. Yeah, we need to do a show. Shit, I got to see it opening weekend. All right, I got to I gotta think about this. I got to strategically plan around this thing. And it came to be, like, I do enjoy going to movie theaters early, seeing early showings. That's, that's just good. You yeah. get it out of the day, you're done. Bing, bang, boom. You walk out of the theater, and it's still daytime. That feels good. Um so I tried to get to the early showing, all that stuff. It was great. I just lost my train of thought, but I'm still continuing. Just your um, movie-going experience when you yeah, saw I know, the film. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I um, know. Got there, and what I mean by the people that were all like me, um, one guy that sat right next to me was same dude, went to see the Joker at 445 by himself. We had the same exact experience. He came in, no food, no nothing, just sat down put his phone on silent, and just crossed his arms and did a big, <sighs> as soon as the movie was starting. <laughs> <laughs> like, we were both just like, yeah, man, we're putting in the work. We gotta d- we're punching in. We got to do this. We're, we're seeing this thing. Um, I should preface this. I'm having a, I, I was going into this today, having a little bit of remorse uh, seeing this movie, mainly because of all the talk that's going around with it. And it's just unnecessary. You know, we've had this conversation. There needs to be a point. There was a point. We've surpassed that Farley. Uh, Farley, Chris Farley, surpassed that greatly. But there needs to be a point where the talk about Joker and Joker in the zeitgeist needs to stop. And it's not going to stop. And that's what's bumming me out. And it's like, okay, we can paint all these different pictures. We can have all these different depictions of this character. But it just tone it down. So my remorse was just like, all right. I got to do this. I got to see this movie. I am like, you know, ready to put my time in and and just like leave. (laughs) So like most of the people that were in that theater, from what I could gather, were all doing the same thing. They were all like late 20s, early 30s guys, a couple girls that were just like they're you know, two of them as as friends scrolling on their phones the entire time down in the front. I don't know why they were there. Were um, you were we in the same movie theater? God. No, 
We were living in a different state. <laughs> no, um, now. But so like, like they were all just like, like me. Like I've, I guarantee you, half hmm. the people in that theater are probably doing the same exact thing we're doing: going home, sitting down, and recording a podcast about them seeing the Joker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Tomorrow, um, there's, I'm going to see. You know. Yeah, it's just going to be all over the feeds. So. Yeah. I enjoyed the emptiness and the space and my crowd because I knew that no funny business was going to happen. Get it? <laughs> that's a good joke, Nate. It's a great joke, man. I laughed at my own joke, and that's how you know it's a good one. Um, so it was it was fine. It was a fine movie-going experience. Uh, did you get... I had a weird... I went to an AMC, man, and they had the weirdest IMAX introduction. Can I tell you about that? I didn't I know think if I was talked about AMC theaters in general having a weird, almost propaganda-ish. Oh like... man, this was completely different. This was oh, I didn't okay. know. I thought the movie was starting, and it was like it. it I it, it took me until the end to realize, oh, this is a promotion for IMAX. Okay, because <laughs> it was the whole theater went dark. You know, sounds, a uh, big, pretty landscape. And like it started like somebody walking in a field and there was flowers and like the, you know, visually great and stunning and oh, IMAX and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is weird. I didn't remember this in the script. Oh, this is crazy. I didn't <laughs> think they would start the Joker like this. And then it went to like an underwater sequence with like, you know, CGI animals and stuff. And I was like, whoa, what the hell is going on? And I was thinking to myself, like, okay, it's probably just like the production companies like open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess and you're right. Kept, Mark, it kept going. And I did not know until the thing that came up and said IMAX experience or whatever. And I was like, oh, got it. Okay. Me and the guy, the guy that sat right next to me, him and I, like, we should have been, I should have got his phone number. Him and I could have been friends. We <laughs> were chuckling. We were just like doing the same size, just like, oh, come on doing the same thing throughout the entire movie. And at that IMAX thing, we both looked at each other just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> why did they dim the lights? Why did that? Why was the sound so crazy? Wh why, why was that like the start of the movie? And then it just went into it. It was nuts. All in all, it was a good experience. I enjoyed it. That's awesome. At the end, <laughs> at the end of the movie, uh, I'll save that. All right. Yeah. So, um, my, my audience was uh, similar in, in the sense of like a lot of them were couples um, a little bit older than me, um, but still a lot were couples. And um, I noticed in the entire film that two people or three were just constantly on their phone, just mm -hmm. constantly. I, I saw one person like in between texts pull up, maps like the apple product maps yeah and they were just routing something and i was like <laughs> you have got to be kidding me what are you doing right now at one yeah, point he insane. i guess they went to text and switch apps and he turned the flashlight on by accident and i was just like i don't understand what you're doing and why you're doing it right now it was very frustrating three people packed house i don't know i i they were just oh um was it was it crowded? Yeah. Was it busy? Yeah, it was, was crowded. It, was there a lot it of people? Crowded. Oh, okay. Was it, it a full was, theater? Yeah, it was a full theater. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. There was maybe twenty people in my theater. Well, you went to an IMAX. Screening. I went to no, dude. Okay, so if I went to a regular show, well, I guess it's not an IMAX movie. I don't know. I but I figured it's a Friday night. It's the it, you know it's, it's Joker baby. 
I had to stop myself from doing You're fine. You can make the joke. We've been making the joke a lot, so you can make the joke. Uh, for people working like, it for the first time. I don't know. There was, there was probably, yeah, I guess like 20 people um, in there. Uh, now, yeah, I, was, anyway. I was nervous. I, you know, I... Mark, we, like I said, we read the script and I was like, I was nervous. I was like, this is a, you know, the script. Um, I didn't like the script when I first read it. At least I, I liked how it was written. I didn't like what was written, if that makes sense. Do we want to like, talk, save this? We're talking about movie going experience. We haven't gotten to the script part yet, Mark. But it bleeds into why I was feeling nervous okay. about the film. <laughs> Did so, I just miss your? Was that your segue? Did I miss the segue? I missed the key. This is kind of like the segue. Okay, um, sorry. Continue. So you, you missed the you segue se- of the segue. Oof! You dang. missed that cue. So bus ticket. <laughs> um, but yeah, it the, the overall movie going experience was. Um, I'm alive afterwards, and we're recording this podcast, right? Like, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> Um, very nerve wracking, nerve wracking. I, uh, Johnny called me out as the movie was over. Cause I got up and then left. I was like, credit is at the end. I said, all right, I'm out of here. And she mm-hmm. was like, where are you going so fast? I was like, I don't know. Freaked out. You know, I get the, I mean, it's not as scary as Brightburn, but I was still spooked. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm spooked. Um, yeah. But Brightburn, you were scared because it was a horror movie. You weren't scared because of the movie from Joker. You were scared because of what crazy people did when Heath Ledger and the Dark Knight came out and that kid dressed up as a Joker and was shooting up movie theaters. I don't know if he was a kid, but whoever did, someone shot up a movie theater. Yeah, he's an adult, tried as an adult, you know, bad person. Whatever. Doesn't yeah. matter. Age doesn't Everybody's matter. a kid. Yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah, I, I was nervous and, uh, you know, my, my movie theater actually had a whole, you know, had, had a... The police force was there. Oh, did it? Uh, did it have signs force, on the right? door like saying, "I don't know"? Yeah, yeah. It it was uh, it was checked out for sure. But it, you know, just that was like, oh yeah, I forgot oh. this. You know, and I didn't forget. I just I was expecting um, it, and when it was actually there, I was like, okay, yeah, people were actually dang. actually taking some precautions about this you film. You would have freaked out if you were went to the theater with me. Uh, one guy I saw, he he had a backpack. They let him in with a backpack. There was no, no signs, no nothing. Yeah, way man. yeah dude guy walked no in with way. a backpack and he was like with um i he, i i think it was like dad son and daughter um oh and they walked okay. in a little bit later i think it was like a dad son and daughter thing but i saw him first because he the silhouette and it was a backpack and i was like whoa fuck <laughs> they let this guy <laughs> hey whoa guy man what are that? you doing yeah and then like uh you know they didn't have the only thing that they had about like the whole there was no police. Uh, th- there was one thing that said, like, in the movie theater, like, oh, after the credit or after the previous play, it was like, report suspicious activity and stuff like that. Exits are this way. That kind yeah, of that's thing. every like movie a, theater now. I think that's every theater now. But mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Um, this isn't the only movie. Th- every time I see a movie, every movie I see in a theater, I have this constant fear of that. And it, it always bothers me because I'm always like, very wary of what people are doing. And sometimes people do come in with backpacks and stuff and, and they come in by themselves. They don't come with mm-hmm. their family. So anyone by themselves with a backpack, I'm always like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me right now? I'm just trying to watch a movie. Um, mm-hmm. This one had a little bit more um, uh, uproar. 
you know, a little more activity that people were talking about on, on, on the internet, on the, you know, interwebs and stuff yeah. like that. So seeing the movie, I, you know, I was nervous at first and, you know, the entire time I'm just kind of like nervous and nervous and nervous, but then I'm like, just relax and watch the movie. So I was watching it. I was in, I almost said I was enjoying it, but, um, I was trying, trying to enjoy the movie is what I should say, or trying to mm-hmm. analyze the film as best I could. But, uh, yeah, um, so before we start to get into the film itself, let me just, I guess, give ourselves a bit of a, a synopsis refresher um, for those who are uh, hang on. still listening to this but haven't seen it yet. Um, this film, Joker, is uh, IMDb's one-sentence synopsis as a gritty character study of Arthur Fleck, a man disregarded by society. That is a one-sentence synopsis of the film. And then um, I think... Uh, this might be the full synopsis. Forever alone in a crowd, failed comedian Arthur Fleck seeks connection as he walks the streets of Gotham City. Arthur wears two masks, the one he paints for his day job as a clown and the guys he protects or the, and the guys he projects in a futile attempt to feel like he's part of the world around him. Isolated, bullied, and disregarded by society, Arthur Fleck uh, begins a slow descent into madness as he transforms into the criminal mastermind Known as the Joker. And notice they how put they say the, the Joker, oh, wow. not Joker. <clears throat> yeah. So someone's going to have to contact him about that and get that fixed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the movie, uh, its main per- main actor is um, <laughs> is Joaquin Phoenix, who's portraying the Joker. And um, uh, what is, I just, sorry, I just got a, a I guess, a internet joke. They call a meme nowadays. I'm, I'm looking at it as I try to record here. What is? I guess some theaters are putting policies on their theaters for the Joker. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was curious yeah. if you had signs on your door and stuff like that. Um, no, I had a sign walk. I had signs on the door walking in to the theater itself, not for the movie, but for the mm. theater, just saying like, like no weapons are going past this point, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then there was like like an SUV parked like on the sidewalk of the theater as you're trying to walk in, so. Now, is so, like, I've seen that at, like, I'm going to bring it local here and stuff that you can understand and try to compare it to where you are now. Um, Waterford Lakes has a very bustling movie theater. Mm-hmm. Every Friday and Saturday, there are cops posted there, but that's just because it's a, like, crowd-controlled It's thing. a Friday it's, night in a big shopping a area. Night. Yeah, exactly. Um, I worked in the movie theater for a little bit, uh, the one in Winter Park, and there were cops on Friday nights as well there. Um, but it was, I mean, can you, I just went to this one in Altamont. Again, another movie theater at a mall, no cops, no nothing. Now, granted, I was getting out of there at seven o'clock and it wasn't, you know, like crazy busy Friday night movie time or like, I don't know, nine o'clock or something like that. But, uh, is where your theater is, is it compared to like, to what we know, what I know (laughs) here? Um, my movie theater is a standalone building. Um, it has its own parking lot, its own, its own building. You go there and there's a movie theater and that's it. Um, it's a very nice movie theater. It's probably one of the nicest movie theaters I've ever been to. Um, and it's in a good area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did it get busy? Was it really busy when you were walking out? It does get busy cause it's like the only one in that uh-huh. kind of area. It is like the movie theater to go to, um, but it's a very nice one. Okay. 
Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so having seen this movie, and this is where we're going to start talking about script changes and things like that. Mm-hmm. But my initial question to you is, is now that you've seen this movie, um, what was your impression when you read the script back in April? And how does it compare to now with the film that you've seen? And which one do you prefer? Which one mm-hmm. did you prefer? You know? Do I need to answer those in question or in, in order? Qu- answer those questions in order? I think the word you're looking for is sequential. <laughs> yeah. Um, just those are just my. Those are your questions? Okay, yeah. So I'm just going to start talking. I don't really remember what the first two questions are. Oh my God. I. <laughs> <laughs> I How do you feel about the script? Let's go one question at a time. F- How do I feel about the script? I really enjoyed the script. Even the first time reading it, I was like, dang, I'm really glad I read that. Do I want to read scripts before movies that I have invested interest in? Probably not. Uh, just like the kind of way I like to like wait for trailers. I'll see the one trailer and it's like, okay, I'm done. I don't need to see more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was different. And now it's like, well, crap, if I feel like this, I maybe I'll feel like this way for other movies I like. I really like the script. I liked the script more than what I just saw. I liked reading it. I liked the length of the script. It was very self-contained. It was a good story. It was a fun origin. (laughs) That's silly to say. Um, But it was like one of those things where it was like, uh, one, no one's asking for it. But if they're asking for an origin story for the Joker, I'm okay with this. On paper. What I saw on the movie was fine. I was I enjoyed the movie. It was a good time. Do I wish it was something else? Yes. Do I wish it was a book? No. The script was good. That was a good length. Um, it's weird because like they cut a, uh, in my opinion they cut a lot from the script. A lot of detaily things that like does. That doesn't necessarily move the story along, um, but it, like, still adds uh, emotion and feeling and, um, like, uh, stakes to it, kind of. I'll get there when we talk about the differences. But the the movie, I think, uh, maybe it could have had a better effect on me if it was in a longer form like a series if I had more time to feel and 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 draw and and carry on with his anger and his fall into the character Mm -hmm. um or (laughs) or take this movie and maybe shave off 10 minutes and put it on like tv movie (laughs) Um, uh, you know, a t- made-for-TV movie kind of thing. That's the feel that I got walking out of this movie directly. I was like, did I really need to see that in the theater? That was probably like a HBO special. Like, that could have been... It's like, if you if you cut... <sighs> Dang. My overall thought is, like, if you cut so much out of it that I felt was, like, adding detail to the character and the descent of the of the character, if you cut that much out of it, then cut a little bit more and make it, like, an hour special on HBO or something. That doesn't need to be a whole movie. Look, this movie wasn't an event. 
It wasn't a Marvel movie. It was a it was a comic book movie, but it was like, hey, we're just gonna let this Joker movie slip in here. It's October. It's Halloween. Okay, we can slip this in here. Where was the marketing for this movie? Nowhere really, other than trailers. But it was really just controversy. The marketing was out the window because the controversy just took over. And the marketing so, was the controversy, I guess. Yeah, no press is bad press or bad publicity. <laughs> Whatever the saying is, um, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, f- I, 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 f- shit. I feel like I'm talking bad about it. I'm not talking bad about it. To answer your what question as a is, whole, Mark, it I enjoyed okay. the, sc- <laughs> yeah, it was okay. I'm okay now that I saw it. I'm going to be okay after recording this episode and talking about it. Yeah. Um, but man, I want to read the script again because. It needs to be on paper, you know? I didn't need a movie about the Joker. Huh. We And yeah, it bleeds into a little bit. This. So like it's it's like it's it's like take what's that statement that I just said, but put a few asterisks behind it because there's more talking points. There's a lot of things that I liked about this movie, really liked about this movie. And there's but like it sums out to just be like a okay, that was done. What now? Yeah, and and keep in mind that this is a this is a film about the villain Joker and and I think what and I think I I'm, get, I'm getting what you liked about the script was there there were things about the main character that you enjoyed about the main character yes. and had it been any other movie that wasn't about the villain Joker those parts probably would have still made it to the film and you probably would have been like I'm enjoying this character that I'm seeing and mm-hmm. the little details that they wrote about the character whether it be some sad things, some tragic things that happened to him, um, and some little bits like that 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 definitely didn't make it to the film. I think you you enjoyed that part of it, mm-hmm. but the film that we got was was a little different. They they tailored the character a little bit differently, um, and I'm gonna say for this character, for who he is at the end, you know, like who the reason the person on the title card. I think the script was changed for the for the film. Um, I think the film was better in 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 the uh, I would say in the the product and the takeaway for what they're trying to sell for the character that they're trying to sell. You think that for the, the film was for better. the message they're trying to sell with that character, like hmm. the definition of the character is like what they put out on film was better because you may have liked the character in the script. And that was to me the problem, which is why I didn't like the script. Um, well, not not necessarily what what you enjoyed about him, but like the take. No, you you no, I know you you know that I know you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that the, the character from the script was that was a character that was a origin story of the Joker that I would want to see. It, but it needs to be that robust. It needs to be that shitty it needs to make you feel like a terrible person because this is the goddamn joker we're talking Mm -hmm. about i wrote down something a few days ago that i kind of want to share just because i just need to get it off my thing and i i'm gonna try to go back writing your notebook there yeah i'm gonna try to go back to my notes that i wrote when i was reading the script yeah (laughs) um so like before i went to this movie there was like uh critics reporting that like it was lackluster it was boring and all these things do i agree with them on some parts but 
to for that to be your headline of your article? No, shut up, man. Clickbait bullcrap. Um, so they saying it's boring, but compared to the origin of a guy falling into a vat of acid, the story about a guy who has a mental disorder could be seen as boring, you know? Like, that's like what the script had that this movie, in my opinion, lacked uh, is that it gave me reason to shit, and I hate that I'm saying this. It gave me reason to care about Arthur Fleck's descent into his madness yeah and into the, the and into the state that gotham city is that we enjoy because gotham city needs to be saved mm-hmm. like that's like that domino effect needs to happen the film did show a domino effect but it was like it was it was lazy it was like shit man how do we take this idea of a batshit crazy but tish character like the joker that dresses up in clown makeup and just likes killing for fun and chaos and stuff like that. How do we take all of this and boil it down into a two hours streamlined origin story? Yeah, that that's going to be boring to me. But reading the, you know, however many page script that was, how many pages was it? It was like 300 or something like that. Not 300. I don't know. I will. Yeah. I want to agree but with like, you that was, on that. Get, speaking about the script, um, there were moments in the film I was watching it and, and I don't know if it's, the editor or just the overall direction of the film Mm -hmm. or yeah, just directing how you brought that script to life because there were many moments in the script, whether it terrified me or not and whether I liked it or not reading the script, every scene and moment had an impact on me, you know, as Mm -hmm. art does. And you know, it's yeah, whether it's good or bad, it did have an impact on me. And I, and I, there was a moment in the film that I, you know, throughout the film, I was already, you know, from the first act to the second act, I was thinking that the pacing or the tempo was was off in bits. Oh yeah, and then there was yeah, a, yeah, and yeah. then there was a serious moment where I said, no, that is actually off tempo. Like there's something very wrong about the pacing of the of this film, and that was, um, not to well, it's spoilers. Go see the movie, uh, and it, it was the uh. moment where. Arthur had gone to Wayne Manor and he was talking, you know, was having that, that conversation with Alfred and, and Bruce and then immediately cuts back to his, his mother being taken out of the, the apartment. And it was such a jarring, like, like I just got done with a tense moment and, it, and like, I have no more tense to give. Does that make sense? It's, it's like you're spent yeah. with the tense intensity that happened at Wayne Manor that when you cut to his mother being put in the ambulance, I had n- I it was like I don't care. Like so, they might label it as boring, but I guess it's because I have like what? How am I supposed to regain a bunch of energy to be like, oh no, what happened to his mother? Like what happened? Did someone get robbed? It's like eh, man, she had a stroke, and it's like yeah. what? Like I I just could not. I was so like, why is this scene happening right here and now? Like it's so out of place. It's like, I feel like the defense for that, and this is like stupid because it's built in, the defense for that would be, um, well, his life's a tragedy, so it's just one tragic event right after the other. It's like, yeah, okay, he said that, and I guess you can visualize it like that, but there needs to like be gravitas to it. Uh, it was tragic event after tragic event after tragic event, and it was like him really cut fight with his mom, 
and like them having an argument, her saying, you know, heart attack and stuff like that. And then him putting on the good face and getting the information and going to see, going to Wayne Manor like the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like we didn't get any breath. There was no breath. Yeah, uh, we didn't pacing. get an establishing shot of a manor. We got like a weird bush and a cool tree fort with Christmas lights on it. Mm-hmm. And then we got a little boy. It's like, oh, okay, that's okay. That's a manor. That's Wayne Manor. Uh, we didn't like get anything that was supposed to like give you a breath so that you could take in all the tragic events that's happening in his life. Yeah. Um, uh, I and I, I, I need, I'm gonna have to say that the editing was was the weird part. Um, and. Yeah, if I I I, can't, I don't have the script in front of me, but um, there was a weird, a weird pace between him reading the letter that that his mother wrote that gave the information that hey Thomas Wayne is your father, and then mm-hmm. it led to an argument between them where then he learns and then she's in the hospital and then he's trying to talk to Thomas Wayne and it's like what like maybe have the situation where she gets hospitalized and because she got hospitalized, she left a note unfinished and you found that note and now you can't talk to her about it. So you're going to go to Thomas Wayne to talk about it. Like there was, it was weird how he just finds a note, but then the mother is still around and then later yeah. she's hospitalized and it's like, um, it was a weird time to choose when she should be hospitalized is what yeah. I'm saying. So I'll try to just say this cause it's fresh on my mind. The, in the script, I believe he kept on um, looking for letters, stuff like that, and then she asked him to hand deliver it. So he went to Wayne Tower, yes. and he was there, and they had the fight, and he got thrown out on the streets and did the whole fall t- tumble thing that, again, th- something that was missing from the movie that I was very much looking forward to from the script that wasn't in the movie. Um, big part that was missing, that he had that first interaction with Thomas Wayne yes. or with Wayne employees that... I'm pretty sure left the letter open and like he read it and everything like that and then got angry instead of just like, Oh, it's just on the table. It's nighttime. I'm going to read it. And then quick cut to me yelling. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So there's one other big thing that I, um, well, there's, there's a lot of things that change from script to film. Um, one of the initial things right off the bat is how the movie starts and how the movie starts is Joker in makeup doing the this playing with his face his skin like doing kind on of the, like all the trailers on all the posters yeah on all the that thing everything. that you see yeah, with him playing one. with his face doing a forced smile and all that that's how the film mm-hmm. starts and i really don't like it because especially when you see the ending of the film there's this thing that we talk about palindrome um how the movie starts versus how it ends mm-hmm. and how the script starts is it starts with it is a palindrome yeah this as, well, especially the ending of this film and the way that the script starts was palindrome, mm-hmm. and we didn't get that, which would have been a great take, but editing, you'll probably have slipped up here. Um, the scene after... So the the scene, the movie starts with him doing the Joker makeup, then he's out on the streets, he's dancing like a clown, kids come beat him up, and then they beat him up in an alley, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Joker, baby. Then the trailer. Yeah, and then after that comes a scene where he's at his therapist, he is talking about his problems and stuff. And, and he starts with the laugh. Like the scene starts with him doing the laughing thing, which Joaquin does this laugh phenomenally. Like say what you will about the film, but his, yeah, his portrayal of this, of this character is 
pretty damn good. Should we sidebar real quick? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, give me. Let me just finish this. Um, but this the scene that is with his therapist is how the script starts, right? He's, he's talking with his therapist. He's talking about the problems, uh, or she's trying to ask him about his problems, and that's how the movie should have started with the laugh. It should have been like, here's the start of the movie, and it's on Joaquin Phoenix, and he's struggling with this laughter condition. You hear this? People take notes. And then Mark's making your movie better. And then the movie, (laughs) when it ended, it does the same scene with him in the asylum. He's trying not to laugh with a therapist in front of him. Like, it is literally the same scene, and it bothers me that that wasn't the first part of the movie, that they had to do this part with, like, him in the clown makeup getting beat up by kids with a big old titles card that says Joker, and we haven't even heard why we should sympathize with the character, which is what you had in the script. You had this script saying, sympathize with this character, empathize Mm -hmm. with this character. You even had a scene in the film where they talked about sympathy and empathy. That's not in the movie. The movie Mm -hmm. is, watch this clown get beat up by kids and then later find out that you should have cared for him. It's It's a huge editing, like, it bothered the hell out of me. Like, why would you harm your character before we even know who he is or like what he's going through. Like there's, I'm I'm, I want to say like, unless it was like a more focused way to streamline, that's what I'm going to try to figure out. My excuse for what happened is like, they needed to streamline a two hour origin of the Joker. And this is what you paid for guys. A two hour streamline linear story a mentally disordered gentleman like uh, and uh, just so much gets lost it does there's a lot that gets lost and there's um it's there's some good things about the film still like there is i think the takeaway is what i like the most about the film versus the script because there were some things that i thought were problematic and that was a that was a person saying hey to me this is how I feel about it. And me reading the script, I was like, I disagree, but I like this script. I even told, I told you and I told some other people, I was like, listen, this is problematic and I can't wait to see this film because it is mm-hmm. terrifying. But yeah. I really like how the script was written. I was very, yeah. it was like a snowball effect. I could not put it down. I was very enthralled by it. Hated the perspective. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the film, I was like, this movie could have been better could have been like there was a lot of things that uh like as far as filmmaking uh i think the cinematographer was lifting it very strongly it was like carrying the whole team if i should say yeah he carried that movie that's yeah or they. that's yeah. That, w- that is my mood that is no uh that is one of my notes here yeah the cinematographer did a lot of heavy lifting and there was there were many moments of the film where there's no real acting um or there's a lot of just Here's a very pretty shot. Like when Mm -hmm. he's in Arkham Asylum next to the patient in the elevator, it's like, this is just in the film because it's pretty, because it tells a story as a, as it frame itself. And I'm like, yeah, because your cinematographer is doing a lot of work right now for a script that was Mm -hmm. very cut, like into the film. Um, And that's something I noticed a lot of was there's many moments in, in this film where it's like, just do this pretty shot, just do it. And it's like, all right, well, it is pretty. Like, I'm sure you're going to be seeing this film 
as you know those one perfect shots over and over again and people are going to romanticize it going like look at all his tragic depression and it's like mm-hmm. yeah but it's they don't do a good job executing that in dialogue and in the film and um in the connection from one person in, like one character on screen to another character on screen the psychological uh torment that they're going through is not being traded off character to character as well as as it was in the script um and i think i think it might fall into editing now that i'm thinking about it because more i think and reflect on it the performances were really good fantastic cinematographer lawrence Scher, Scher, s-h-e-r Scher, if i'm pronouncing that correctly did a brilliant job um but another thing that's problematic for this movie it like is i think the selling point or maybe like the hardest fact about it or whatever is like that it's trying to be this art house film type thing that's going on Mm -hmm. and like i can see that and i enjoy that those are you know i i I really enjoyed that type of movie uh whatever filter they use on these like type of movies it's like you know gritty city gel or whatever they're using (laughs) on it i'm digging i love it filter yeah gritty city gel uh trademark um it's great it's i i enjoy that a lot it makes me feel like i am in a dirty city it does make me feel like gotham city i don't think there's ever been a time where i've seen gotham city on screen where i've been like that nah, it doesn't feel like it maybe in the show gotham but i didn't really i watched the first season um but yeah so like the performances were great but there was still exec- the, the execution of probably what was performed and fitting it into this two-hour story is where it fell short and i keep on going back to that fact but uh, it's just i don't know I, I, I keep on losing my train of thought mark yeah the editing is just something that we're gonna have to look back to um like um as when the film comes out mm-hmm. um are we still talking about like differences in script and movie yeah there's there's a there's i guess it's two things but lumped into one thing that is a a big change and i thought it was it was better in the film than it was in the script. And and that big change is Zazie Beetz's character, um, who is this pseudo love interest in the film, right? For your for your mm-hmm. protagonist character, who, you know, he's really an antagonist, but in in the film, uh she is she's still his apartment neighbor, um, but there's no connection between him and her. And in the script, everything that happens in the film with the two characters is imaginary. It d- it's not real. It never happened. Mm-hmm. It's it, And she's a completely different stranger. She's just a stranger. Um, in the script, they do go on dates. She does enable him. She does promote uh, or like defend what, what the clown killer has been doing kind of thing. Um, in in the film, she's imaginary in, in doing all that kind of thing. And um, in, in the script, they had like this imaginary cat that had like no reflection or something to just symbolize that he was crazy and that some things are a figment of his imagination. Yeah, and the cat showed up after he... Uh, I'm pretty sure the cat showed up when he um, stopped taking his medication. And yes. It was like supposed to be like, oh, hey, 
uh, he's losing it, guys. <laughs> yeah, and and in the film, you can't really tell whose medication is whose. Is that for his mother? Mm-hmm. That for him? Is it like he has to say it? Like by the end of the film, oh, I'm off my medication. It's like there was one scene where he was showing taking the medication, and I mean, it's just like him saying it in dialogue, and then the empty pill bottle. It's it kind of doesn't really give you the sense of this guy is really at the end of his line mm-hmm. like and you know and, and then they do have the scene of saying that the funding is going to be cut can't have the meetings you're not going to be able to get your medication uh, but like you didn't know that he was really struggling for his medication yeah and, like all those things with the imaginary cat and all this stuff started happening and it was it, it painted a great picture of a really intense just dive into this illness that this man has yeah um, but what, what the changes that they did with Zazie Beetz character, um, can't remember the character's name, but, um, I think it was like Sophie, Sophia or something. Sophie? May, uh, Sophie? Let's go with Sophie. Uh, could be totally wrong. You might have to look that one up. But, um, in, in, in the script, she is a, a real enabling, uh, supporting character of Joker. And I did not like that in the script because, of two reasons you know one she's enabling all this if if she is the chorus she's saying what you're doing is right and that's what terrified me the most is that a lot of people who see this film or even read about the joker in any media of comic books comic book joker is that you say he's right you know what you're doing is right thanos was right things like that like no one should ever be doing that because they're the villains. They are wrong. But what scares me about comic books is because comic books are intended to inspire. Superman is intended to inspire. You're supposed to aspire to be like Superman. And so when you make a comic book film about Joker, you are saying, like, it's almost like you have to be careful because these things are meant to inspire and if you inspire them with the the wrong material that's that's bad that's that's a wrong thing to do and sophie's character was doing that she was saying i agree they deserved mm-hmm. it like and and that was a real character in the script so in the film it's then pointed out later on that was all in your head dude she no one in their right mind would ever support what you're doing um and in the script, the breakoff between the two characters was just that she was having sex with another man, like as if that's uh, uh, something that she did wrong. Like she's allowed to, she is allowed to have sex with whoever she wants. It's nothing to do with Arthur Fleck. You don't own her or anything like that. But the script wrote it as if she did something wrong, having sex with someone else that wasn't Joker. And yeah. it's like, who, like, that's wrong. Yeah, it's super <laughs> wrong. And I was like... that. So that change was for the better. Yeah, the Zazzy Beast thing was like so much better. Um, to her own demise, because I don't think... She she didn't... Uh, in in the in the script, she she lives, and you know I, I'm pretty sure, sure she died in the film. Um, but... Uh, what? Why do, you, why, do you, why do you think that? Because he was in her apartment, and then he did the gun thing symbol, and then she... We didn't see her again. I don't think she died, dude. Oh, okay. He just went in the apartment to scare her, or worse. No, I think he was. I mean, like he situation. 
he was delusional and he was like, you know, in his mind, it was probably like coming home from a hard day. And it's like, oh, how was your day, sweetie? I had a rough day. And oh. like it was, that was happening in like his mind and stuff like that. But then we got to see that it wasn't all real. So like that was the change. Instead of us, like in the script, we realized his imagination was happening, you know, at the end before he went, left his apartment to go on, be on television. Um, it happened at the same moment from the script and what we saw. It was just executed differently. Yeah. And in the movie, I believe it was executed <laughs> better. But I liked the the cat thing more. I don't know why. It was just like... I was expecting the cat. I was. I was. I kept looking. You, you know, after the second or third scene where they were in the apartment and I didn't see a cat, I just assumed, hey, they cut the cat out. The cat is not mm. in it. Um, I, I figured that after he pointed the gun and shot it when he pointed it at nothing. Yeah, um, he didn't point it at a cat or anything. Yeah. That would have scared the fuck out of me. Um, uh, yeah. One thing that, uh, I guess, an animal that was in it is, do you remember the, the super rat bit in the beginning? Yes. Did you notice that? Did you ever see one in the film? No. Okay, so very weird i even uh, like i looked over johnny i was like did you see that because in the film they're going you know the super rats all over gotham there is a moment where he's in a telephone booth where he talks about the the gun thing where he's like oh it's part of my act he's like why would you bring a gun to children's hospital like this is it man you're fired or whatever while Mm -hmm. he's on the phone there's like it's just a big wide shot of like the phone booth in like the left third and you see this big thing go around the corner and I was immediately like, what the fuck was that? And I was like, oh my God, that must have been one of those super rats. It was the weirdest thing that they included in the film. I was like, didn't see it. I don't know why they even teased about fucking super rats and then put one in there. I was, I, I don't know if that's a comic book thing. I was just like, I didn't, I went, I, I didn't, I went into this thinking that there was going to be no calls to, or no Easter eggs to anything other than what I have already read in the script. Yeah. So I didn't see no super rat. That's crazy. That was fucking weird to me, dude. I, I wasn't even expecting it. I wasn't even looking for it. It just, I noticed something go around the street corner. Like it goes into frame, like, and it just kept walking around the sidewalk and it did it really quick. And I just went. I was like, what is that black thing? And I was like, that's a that's a big fucking rat. That's a huge that's, that's rat. Wild. It that's was wild. crazy. I need to see it again. Just so, <laughs> well, not the film again, but I just need to see that. Someone's going to pull it later and be like, yo, there was a giant rat there. Um, but yeah, that was a, one of the weirdest parts for me. I even like, I was like, Johnny, you see that rat? And she was like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? I was like, there was a giant rat in this movie. It was so weird. Just incredibly bizarre. Um can I say something again while we're still talking about changes from the script and everything? Yeah, absolutely. That I wanted to bring up again before I forget about it. Um, one thing that I really liked about the character from the script of Arthur Fleck and something that they did very, very well was showing that uh, he is, like, whether he wants to be or not, he is a clown. They had a slapstick element in the script mm-hmm. where he was running into doors. He did it one time at the hospital in the movie, but it was just like one of those things where it's just like, oh, so he just ran into a door. Okay. But it was a constant thing that they kept on doing in the movie where he would hit his head against something or run into a door accidentally or slip and fall. It was a little Charlie Chaplin slapstick thing. And then when they showed them at the theater doing the the modern man, uh, the Charlie Chaplin feature, I was expecting the the stair tumble to be there. Didn't happen. 
no call uh, the only call really to like the charlie chaplin-esque style that joaquin phoenix i was assuming was kind of pulling from or what this character of the joker was kind of was kind of doing in the script uh, that element was gone and it bummed me out it's like oh man they're not they're not giving him weight like i don't I'm not empathizing nor am I sympathizing with this character because I don't know him. I'm just seeing Joaquin Phoenix do a good portrayal of a character that I'm watching. Like, uh, it's just, we use it in the term for CGI, but I felt that the character that I saw on screen did not have weight. Portrayal, fantastic. But he's slipping right under cracks and doors. Mm -hmm. You didn't feel like you could invest in the character. No, not at all. But the script character, that was the Joker that I could invest in. That was an origin story that I was like, yeah, I think people need to see this because this is a take on what a character like the Joker could be. And let me tell you something. All these people go around saying like, oh, what it takes to get into the mind to write that character, yada, yada, yada. You can say what you want, but it does take work to get into that character and to write that character properly. You can't just go into it thinking like, oh, it's just a crazy man. He likes dressing up and, you know, chasing around a bat, jumps off rooftops. No, it's more in-depth than that. I did not care about the Joker for a very long time. It wasn't until the last, you know, few years that I was in a comic book store reading Batman bu- books and, like, getting into the pathology behind how to write a good Joker narrative or just having him as a supporting character in a Batman story. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot, a lot of fucking work that goes into putting those actions of what that guy can do onto a piece of paper, creating the sentences, putting the words down and making it cohesive and coming out with something that's not just a crazy guy dressed up in a clown outfit, shooting a gun. Like it's, it's insane. So what, director and the the crew and everybody did and Joaquin's performance of the character in my opinion was very well executed but it still falls short and I'm bummed that it fell short yeah I'm I'm trying to think because I remember the I remember the slapstick thing being kind of big in the script and and, and man that was my favorite yeah and I think it doesn't happen I think the first time you you I'm trying to think because my audience laughed a lot my my and that was kind of weird for me i i was mm-hmm. um very nervous about laughing about anything um <laughs> i'm trying to remember what the one thing i laughed about was there was something I, I i watched and i actually laughed about it um and it and it may have been the part where like uh something i expected in in the movie and it, and it happened and it oh it was um thomas wayne just punching him in the face and i was like that mm-hmm. was good um but the 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 comedic things that he would do um naturally in like a Charlie Chaplin way mm-hmm. those didn't happen until the hospital door and uh the the situation with his old clown friends in his apartment um that those parts came later and so it seems kind of weird that um e- cuz even the elevator part was missed and the elevator part was like the first part you know, where, where Sophie's like, oh, you know, hold that door. Yeah. And it, it's like him practicing the, the little foot out. Like, hey, mm-hmm. like I'm going to keep doing, I do this every day because I hope that you say hi to me kind of thing. Um, yeah. That, that jokey bit is not, um, it's not in the film. 
it just actually happens where she's like, oh, wait, hold the door. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I'm in this movie now. Um, and, uh, and, and it, yeah, it's weird for the Charlie Chaplin thing to start like halfway through the film instead of being through the film, you know, start to finish and be like, that's, that's him. He's naturally uh, goofy. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with his life is that everyone thinks he's a joke, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, um, the script, uh, problematic as it is, um, was still a little like from start to finish, a better, uh, better than what was executed on the film. Although their changes were better, as a difference between execution of what was in script and actual changes to the script. Like, like we said, the the Zazie Beats thing was that was a good change, um, but execution of like things like pacing and stuff like that that was weird um and so maybe i don't know i don't want to say i don't want to use the word director's cut but just just talk with your editors and be like (laughs) notice that there's a pacing issue or something Mm because like energy wise there were moments where it asked you for a lot of energy like back to back and it was like what (laughs) no it's not going to work like that people are not going to be invested in this character's downfall if that scene before that is him just being a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, so the film start to finish though, almost plays out like the script, especially the the third act. Um, he, he goes on the Murray Franklin show. What I feared most does happen. And uh, I guess the most terrifying part of it happens. And every time someone died in the film, it, it scared me. I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> it's happening though. And uh, the, the takeaway of the film is this line that Joker says to Murray Franklin where it comes as a joke. And um, he says, uh, where you cross like a mentally unstable or ill person in a society that abandons him, you get what you fucking deserve. And, mm-hmm. and then a, a mass... A shooting happens and a, a riot happens. There's a lot of killing going on in the streets. The 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 clown thing is through the roof. The Joker is here, baby. Like that's the takeaway of the film. And here's your villain. Although he was a protagonist of the film, the takeaway of the film, Nate, uh, is it problematic? Um, I can see how it can be problematic because the the end of the film is this murdering anarchist guy chaotic character has a mob and has an audience and he 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 is living out his dream and yeah great gotham city is now you know joker gang i like that because <laughs> i like to see how gotham city gets turned into shit because I know that Batman comes and cleans it up. You know what I mean? It's like, I'd like to see that downfall of Gotham City. Yeah. I did like to see the, a Gotham City full of Joker mask people. Mm-hmm. That's just like a comic book thing where it's like, yep, that's that that's the world. That's the thing. That's why Batman exists. You, you're seeing it, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun. Uh, takeaway was, I, I, I liked it. I liked the script more. I'm a big Joaquin Phoenix fan. I love that guy <laughs> go see inherit vice if you haven't seen it it's one of his best performances um but it's i like i like his joker whatever weird 
painting him to be, uh, Joker, if you will, if that's his character name, just Joker. Um, like the maroon suit, the yellow vest, the longer green hair, the, the face paint, the nice face paint, not, not the smeared Heath Ledger spatty face paint. Um, I liked his swaying movements. I liked that depiction of Joker. Um, you know what? I'll go a step further. I like the depiction of that character being the one that is stuck in Arkham Asylum. I like that that he is stuck in Arkham Asylum and the city is in turmoil because of him. I like that he is taken out of the picture, behind bars, doing shit in Arkham Asylum, but like not doing shit in the streets. Still knowing that that character is alive and is still being Joker in the, the asylum, that's fun for me. Um, but yeah, man, I gotta say the the, the the script and the story of of what they were, what I was reading about the character, fit right in with how I would read the character when I would read Batman comics. Yeah, and absolutely. It's but like the script for this movie went a little bit more deeper. It streamlined the character more. Obviously more than what the movie did, but more than what I've read in comic books. Because um, it's it's almost like I was reading the script and I was like, damn, this guy's been reading Joker books for <laughs> shit for like 40 years or something like that. Like this guy like knows how to write the character of the Joker um, and s- as, as a main character, as a, as a story piece instead mm-hmm. of him just being the supporting antagonist uh alongside batman kind of thing because that's that's a that's a wash he he's he's the joker card if you will yeah um um but yeah so like this movie did not play that joker card like you know we have seen him uh, in every single iteration in the past um it did something different and i enjoyed that i like this joker more than i like jared leto uh mob boss joker um i just i still however many years later uh three years later four years later something like that i still can't get behind the mob boss joker i know it's okay in suicide squad but joaquin phoenix joker is more my pace yeah everyone Um, has their preference and that's fine i think we mm -hmm. talked about that we talked about like how even i don't i'm not even a, a a fan of the joker character like to me like you know, we talked about it as other Batman villains that are far superior in, in, or maybe that's still just preference, but you know, there are other Batman villains basically. And, Mm -hmm. and we can explore those different mindsets. Um, but there are some people who are fans of the Joker. And then there are some people who are fans of specific Jokers. Mark Mm Hamill is my favorite Joker. Jared Leto is my favorite Joker because I like the, aesthetic of suicide squad and then there are some people who are like heath ledger invented the joker and he will always be the joker and then someone Mm -hmm. in the other universe is like cesar romero is the only joker i know and so it's it's stupid to even try to argue to even have that conversation it's just always realize that it's your preference like Mm -hmm. like oh who's you know like this Joker film is probably like if I want to. I guess if I wanted to be in the mood for anything Joker related, I'd probably watch this film. Or some people might really. Some people no. Well, I'm, I guess I'm speaking like generally. Oh, you're speaking in general. Okay. Yeah, like some people are gonna prefer this over the Heath Ledger one. Maybe some people might. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll 
Uh, nah, I don't know. It's people. It's going to come down to preference. It really is. But I can tell you now. Um, I think overall, I don't think it's a masterpiece. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people will want to say that, and I think, and this is the hard part because I I liked the movie. I just don't think it was perfect or a masterpiece or anything like that. I just think that they took us an amazing yet terrifying script that to me was problematic and they put out an okay movie. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. I feel the same exact an okay, way. But I, I like this movie. Safer, or uh, how do you say it? A safer? Safe for the little ears. Z88.3 no, no, no. or whatever that thing is. Not safer. <laughs> they put out an okay yet um, more ethical version of the film like something that was like they 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 cure the problematic but the film itself uh from script to the the final form was like uh eh, not the best execution but Mm -hmm. um you actually fixed the the main problem which was that you were promoting it instead of being like don't do that don't do what this Mm -hmm. guy's doing and i think the takeaway is a little bit uh, at least i hope for the person, you know, like I said, being inspired by comic book films and or comic books and seeing a film adaptation of it, my my hope is that you will be like, don't do this instead of do this. You know, that's the mm-hmm. te- that's the terrifying part. Please don't be inspired by this movie at all. Um, and the 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 takeaway of the film, you know, where, where he says like, you get what you fucking deserve, and then does the Joker thing it kind of goes in line with what people say about the Batman, uh, which is that it's the hero that Gotham needs, not the one it deserves. And then you go, well, what does it deserve? And you take Joker's thing, which is like, you get what you fucking deserve. There's a little bit of poetry there where it is like society failed you. This is, and this is what you deserve or society failed you in, in, in this kind of way and how do you how do you deal with that right and so we could be talking a very long time about that because the political thing we're going to be hearing it a lot nate like by the time i mean this movie came out it's like now now everyone in the world is going to see what we've been talking about since april yeah and we're going to be talking about failing societies and how that affects good people and bad people because everyone is going to be affected by something like Gotham. And the takeaway is that a failing society is going to hurt people like Sophie, who is a good person. And it's also going to hurt people who are already on bad terms like Joker. And what you do in that turmoil, in that political climate, societal climate is, is going to define you because you have a choice to make. Like Superman, you just you j- literally just said that, Mark. You you just said what you do is going to define you. You're de- Batman, motherfucker. <laughs> you did you say that without even realizing what you were saying? Uh, and I guess that's what comic books do, right? They inspire you <laughs> to make better decisions. Uh, I guess, but I mean, like, so you're you're painting this. It's, and that's that's a really good conversation to have. So this depiction of the Joker and his take on society and stuff like that, you can literally take him out and put 
Batman in there, and be like, yeah, that's that's the same thing. The this this chess piece is interchangeable, guys. They make the same moves. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the conversation we had when we did Man of Steel Minute. Is like, here's General Zod with his back against the wall, and here's Superman, Kal El, with his back against the wall. And the choices you make are they are what define you because it it's it, what you do that defines it's your you. choice to make it is always your choice and the power of choices is, is so important you have to choose the iron giant did the same thing you choose who you want to be and the joker said this is who i'm going to be i want to i don't know he just yeah, well, Mar- so take the last scene, which, by the way, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Take the last scene, him and Arkham Asylum, stuff like that. Beginning of the movie, he said, I felt safer and I felt happier when I was locked in the hospital. Like, he got what he wanted, uh, and that's that was why I said, I really like the fact that this Joker still exists, and he's locked in Arkham Asylum, and he can do his Arkham Asylum Joker things. That's fun for me. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like, that's, uh, I mean... He got what he wanted, right? Yeah, but there's also this, yeah, his, when he's saying, I just thought of this really funny joke, and, and it and it cuts back to Bruce Wayne uh, origin, because <laughs> now Bruce Wayne is an orphan because of what happened that night, and I started to think about, like, is he thinking of what happened to Bruce Wayne and, and finding that funny, and I was like, is it funny because it's now a comedy it, it's it's funny to him, but tragic to Bruce, and it's that comedy tragedy thing that he's like, like, oh, now you get to experience tragedy while I get to revel in the comedy of it, and it there's almost a joke there. I would see, I would, you know, think, and I guess just how he turned the world upside down is is funny to him, and I, I thought that was you know, but like the and the ending scene i thought was was great and i just wish the beginning of the film would have tied that from the beginning it just mm-hmm. seems so foolish of them to not notice that that scene started with him laughing and the second scene not the first one but the second one had to be the the real start of the film i just it bothered me um mm-hmm. i thought the, end, the good laugh on him oh yeah i thought the ending of the great film laugh. was great but um um but yeah i mean um so i guess i had one more uh batman related question because i guess this um the movie kind of ends on you know open-ended because from here on out it's the joker and batman show there's always been a question with the batman and joker and 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 now knowing his origin knowing this joker's origin and and bruce wayne who's going to eventually become the batman is there's this question about like, oh, Batman should just kill the Joker or something like that and get it over with, right? Do you feel mm-hmm. like that, having having known Joker's origin now, is this a person that you put to death, kind of say? Because I know there's this whole thing about Batman doesn't kill and all that. Batman kills. I mean, it happens in everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's accidental, it's like, you're still doing it. Um, but... Is this a person you would be like, yeah, you're not, sorry, bud, but we got to put you down like a bad dog or something, right? Does um, it change knowing his no. origin? No. Uh, well, I've 
I'm not the one that thinks that uh, Batman should kill Joker. I don't side on that argument. Um, They're two sides of the same Mm -hmm. coin. One cannot exist without the other. So kill one, you got to kill both. Anyway, uh, no, it doesn't change it at all. And this Joker uh, only killed four people. (laughs) Oh, the number doesn't matter. I know the number doesn't matter, but when you take, like, comic book character, you know, crazy carnival joker where he is killing, like, whole, you know, television studio audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. Now I'm defending a fucking murder. I'm not doing that. No. no. So does this... I, I think to answer your question, I've never thought that the Batman should kill the Joker, so I don't know if I can have that argument. I'm gonna agree. Um, I I don't think um, normally I've I've been torn with that question, especially with stories like Under the Red Hood. You go like, how do you not kill this man? Like this man killed me, and you're gonna let this man keep living. Um, but this uh, this this movie kind of promotes or defends that notion that yeah, Batman shouldn't kill this guy because you would be doing what he did right like this is a a society failed him and created him like this if you kill this man you're not you're just pulling one weed right you're not fixing the system you're not trying to fix uh joker no that's that that's what i mean by if batman can't make that decision you got to take both of them out because you can't (laughs) if batman kills joker it doesn't change much because you still have a city with the guy dressing up like a bat and jumping off rooftops yeah it's just as crazy yeah like it's it's just this it's the same the society Um, the the gotham that failed also made like you it made both of you mm -hmm. you're both here because Mm -hmm. of of you know gotham city whatever curses on this godforsaken city you're both here now Killing him yeah. doesn't doesn't fix the the world, you know. It, he is just a symptom of the the foundation that is bad, and so are you, Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, like you are that too. And so, this film to me was like this this origin promotes that Bath, Batman needs to to heal people like him, and and for Joker, he's the hardest one, right? Like, but that would be the hope is that. Um, that he could do that instead of just I mean all he you know being like all right, I'll just kill you and get it over with it's like all the dude asked for was a hug just give him a hug <laughs> yeah right seriously just take the joker out on a date and get it over with admit your love for each other um mm-hmm. but uh yeah that would um I guess that also shows the same thing for uh the dark knight returns when batman starts being a costume freak again that joker is also like Hey, the freaks are back, baby. Time to time to put this show on the road, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I yeah I know it was a that question was somewhat biased in nature, and I'm glad we both did not agree to it. Right? So um, close call on that one. I thought a lot of people probably thought I was gonna be like, yeah, I should just kill him now. But no, um, we're talking about a, a failing society and and what we can do to fix it, and what we can do to fix it is not killing each other right let's not do mm-hmm. that let's, that would that's what the villain did don't do that which is a takeaway um but overall um good film uh good good comic book movie um it should be kind of 
seen and and not talked about kind of like uh the late the latest ant-man movie you know like it just kind of felt the same way to me where it was like came and went yeah like that was a good ant-man movie that was a good joker yeah. movie i looked at the guy next to me and it was again reminding you that both of us went to the movie alone sat next to each other i looked at the guy next to me it was just like right as right as the end title card came in it was like good great now can we all stop fucking talking about the joker and he laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and i got up and walked out the theater and that was how nate became a stand-up comedian yep that's the story yeah um cool so that's going to do it for our uh review and discussion about joker uh, if you have seen it, want to talk about it, or haven't seen it and listen to this podcast anyways and want to talk about it, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. We could join us to talk about the movies we've reviewed in the past, our minute by minute coverage, and other uh, DC related comic book things, or even if you want to talk about Marvel stuff, you can join us there and talk about it there. Um, and we will catch you guys next time here on DC Cinematic Minute. Some people get their kicks stomping on a dream.